Talking Calm, a cup of tea with an Englishman in San Diego. Season 7, Episode 26, Russell Mark Olsen. Hello there, everybody. Welcome along. Uh, this is uh, Talking Con, a cup of tea with an Englishman in San Diego. Running a little bit late, but uh, just some uh, technical issues. We've all sorted out now, and we're pretty much up and running. And it's going to be a bit of a packed show as well. Um, I haven't even got my hat on, but I have got a cup of tea. Uh, so I might even just uh, put go full branding. Thank you very much indeed, Caroline. <laughs> You're too kind. There you go. The hat is on. It's official. Uh, into the Blue Mist is watching as well. Listen, if you are watching, tell us where you're watching. I know we're all, all in lockdown at this point, uh, but I know that if you are uh, a subscriber to YouTube, you're aware that we're live. So thank you very much indeed for joining us. Um, and I think we'll just dive straight into today's show because we've got plenty of things to get on with. Uh, later on, we are going to be sharing the uh, invite link. Uh, if you have a smartphone, a laptop with a microphone or a webcam, if you want to join us, we're going to be doing a little bit of a uh, roundtable chat. So this is going to be the second half, all about you guys. If you want to jump in and if you want to talk about uh, the San Diego Tribune uh, post about the uh, possible cancellation of um, San Diego Comic-Con and also the number of conventions that um, are basically in the wind for 2020. That's what we're going to be getting into a little bit later. Toby's watching. Hello. It was your birthday this week. Happy birthday to you, Toby. Um, we've also got Michael P. Good uh, morning from Colorado Springs. Uh, and Michael P. is watching. I believe it was his birthday as well this week. Happy birthday, Michael. Uh, so, yes, if you were celebrating, uh, if you are in lockdown, I know that uh, it's a tough one, all of us. Uh, hopefully you are having a splendid day and a, spend, a splendid Easter Sunday as well. Uh, so hopefully you are uh, in that uh, mindset of at least having a nice chilled out day and um, celebrating a little bit of Easter Sunday with your family and uh, in any way of shape or form that you've been able to do so. Right, let's dive straight into today's show then because we have ourselves a cracking guest who's joining us. This is Russell Mark Olson, everybody. Everybody say hi, Russell. Russell, say hi, everybody. Hi, everybody. <laughs> um, right. Um, Russell is not only a uh, good friend of not only the website but and also myself but he's also uh, award-winning uh, comics creator uh, indeed the uh, one of the first times i got to meet him was when uh, it was the weekend we were able to present him with uh, was it best new talent i mean uh, yeah just on my desk here yeah yeah Best new talent, with it. Yeah, best new talent. There we go. Yeah. yeah. What, what what happened to that award, by the way? Where where is that currently? Uh, Pride. Uh, Please so come out in the bathroom. No, 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 no. I'm 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 in my uh, my my little my digital studio here. So it's sitting on my desk with my Yancey Street Award, um, along with uh, Phony Bone and um, and the thing. There and the thing. Fair enough. <laughs> so. That's over there. Not not in the loo. Excellent. The loo's well, too tiny. Sorry, what was that? The loo's too tiny. I'm in a terraced house in Portsmouth, so everything is kitchens and loo's. They're, they're matchbox size. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. I mean, I am currently looking at a ironing board. Uh, I'm looking at... Um, I am Yes, I am looking at my, one of my other Easter eggs. Which oh. 
this is going to be my this is my present to myself once this can this um, broadcast is done. Um, I'm, in the, I'm in the doghouse. I didn't I didn't get one for Emily. Is that mine or yours? Present to yourself. No, you got no. no. <sighs> Sorry, I'm being told off. <laughs> that is going to be. I'm holding off on eating open that now. That's going to be my, my present okay, to myself. Okay. Oh, good lord. Okay. See, this is what happens. Um, let's have a look at this. We've got uh, INTG Percy. Is Englishman SDCC um, actually English or is it like role play? Um, I don't think anyone could try and imitate a dodgy English accent like this. So, no, this uh, I am English. Uh, I am based in the UK. I've heard you drunk, and it's uh, you maintain it. So I think it's legit. If anything, when I get drunk, the the pronounced the C pronunciation goes up a notch, which is very very strange. But there we go. Um, yes, but I am English. I am here in the UK, and Russ is down in Portsmouth, and um, we are in lockdown at the moment. I mean, uh, for yourself, what does that actually entail? I mean, are you um, do you have uh, what is considered an essential job? What are your what is your current uh, state of play at the moment uh, here in the UK? Oh. So as well as doing comics, I, I, am, um, I do work part-time as a school librarian. Um, so while I suppose it's not essential, so I'm working from home. But we're on Easter holiday, so I'm, um, I'm having my vacation. I should be in the States right now, to be honest. I should be back home um, with my mom and dad. But, um, but sadly, that, that couldn't happen, so here we are. Fair enough. Um, so, are you doing kind of like homeschooling at this point, or are the kids just kind of uh, left to their own devices at this point? Well, yeah. I mean, we're sort of running a virtual e library, um, so we're on hand. If if kids are doing research, if they need somebody to kind of point them in the direction, but it's not. It's you know, it's it's more or less digital. It's just sort of keeping sure that the um, the website is taking over and that. Everything, all the all the links are live and everything like that. So, and then yeah. I run a comic club, so then we do that. So I do that live through Google Classroom um, every Wednesday afternoon, and that that's worked out fairly well, actually. Um, it's it's sort of fun to give some bit of continuity for the kids during this sort of crazy time. Indeed. Well, I mean, also just talking about uh, your comics as well, because uh, just in case anybody isn't aware of who you are and what you do, like I say, I introduced you as Best New Talent, and you got that for um, a couple of cracking books. Um, if you could just kind of give a little bit of a, an overview, who is Russell Mark Olson? All right. Um, so uh, I started publishing comics back in 2017, I think it was. 2017 or 2018? Yeah, 2017. Um, with Gateway City, and then put that out as a trade um, in 2018. Um, so that was the that was the I, th I think that's what I won the tripwire for um, was that collected trade. So Gateway City is a um, a sci-fi noir mashup. Um, it takes place in St. Louis, Missouri, in 1924. So St. Louis is where I'm from originally, um, and it's kind of Dick Tracy, both aliens. To that, um, but I've done a few other sort of crime series. Um, I do Lady Hollywood for Cold Empire, which is a, a small press based out of um, Scotland, um, and I've done bits and pieces here and there for like Accent UK, um, Mad Robot. Um, last year, we were um, Matt Hardy from Mad Robot and myself were hired by um, the Arthur Conan Doyle collection to create an adaptation of Study in Scarlet. So that was finished. That came off the presses in January, um, and then I've just been doing little 
bits and pieces. Um, but most exciting is the planning for a couple of different projects. One is um, at the Lakes International Convention last year, um, I shared a Airbnb with um, Nick Prolix, Gustavo Vargas, Pete Taylor, Martin Simpson, Mark Hughes, and then um, my wife Emily and uh, uh, Martin's wife Tash Tish. And uh, from there, a couple of drunken nights, we formed a thing called the Scroll Lord. So we kind of we're a virtual studio now. We've been starting to kind of brew some ideas along. I mean, it's it's an incredible group of guys. They're all so talented. Like it was it was like it's it's sort of it's quite like I'm awestruck to be like part of that group. But we're going to try and put out um, a magazine, like um, a little bit like uh, like Raw or um, uh, David Mazzucchelli's Rubber Blankets from back in the 90s. We're going to try and put out like a magazine-sized comic later this year with all of our contributions and some guests coming in as well. I think we're going to try and get like um, kind of new ro newcomer Rosie Packwood in as well to kind of level up the testosterone a bit. Um, a few other people, a few of the surprises. Uh, but that's going to be really fun. Sort of first time we'll be working in magazine format. Um, that sounds like one of those um, delightful kind of moments. Everyone's getting drunk together and they're saying, we should buy our own bar and then we can live together forever. And it's just yeah. kind of like all coming together. Um, it's great that you've all found each other. And I think that's um, one of the reasons why I wanted to bring you on. It's the same reason why I had Rachel on on a sh show recently. Mm -hmm. The independent and um, uh, the the small press uh, comics community, certainly here in the UK, it's very strong. It's very close knit, and there's a lot of support and um, a, a, a strong sense of commu community throughout all the uh, creators. Um, I asked this to Rachel, and was wondering what your take on it is that, that in this situation that we're all finding ourselves in, um, that there is that growing sense of community certainly online and everyone's kind of like finding each other and uh, bonding together yeah absolutely um the, the i know like this has been said a million times by creators up and down the country but the uk scene um well um i think i think tony vince and dan spoke about it on the awesome comics podcast a couple of years, a couple of years ago no a couple of um, episodes ago where they said like it's it's kind of not just a scene anymore it's it's almost a movement and i think i think they nailed it like it feels it like when i joined it felt like a scene now it feels more like well you know you've got particular things like diamond um halting distribution temporarily possibly temporarily um mm -hmm. comic shops which are really struggling and you've 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 got Kickstarter kind of finally recognizing the union and becoming a little less toxic than it was. And there's no reason why you know we don't come together as a group and help each other out. We're all in the same boat together. We all respect each other and admire each other's talent. So I think you're going to see a lot more of these sort of virtual studios popping up here and there. I mean, one of the things that we're trying not to do is become clicky. Um, that I think it's happened before with, with groups where I think it kind of then becomes a bit isolationary and a bit um elitist and we don't we don't want to do that but we just we you know we know each other pretty well we expect we respect each other's works there's some kind of affinity within our materials and methods so it just thought we'd help each other to kind of push each other along um but no the the uk scene is absolutely incredible um i i, I don't know that i would um have 
have had as much success if I stayed back in the States. I, f- I feel like it's, it's, I mean, Kickstarter has allowed more independent books to kind of see the light of day, but things like um, uh, media, which isn't afraid to talk about independent books. So, you know, podcasts like yourselves or um, uh, websites like Pipe Dreams or Down the Tubes uh, or, or like, you know, new magazines that are popping up and hopefully now kind of seeing Tripwire back in print. Um, just when, that, when that eventually happens. Yeah, when that eventually happens, Joel, looking at you. <laughs> well, um, I mean, Joel, Joel is uh, something that I was going to lead on to is because Joel is, at the end of the day, now faced with a situation where um, he feels that um, with the inability to get books out, uh, to a, an audience that he wants to make the biggest audience he can. It's very difficult in the current climate and current situation to actually get the books printed and get those books out. I'm, I mean, one of the reasons why I wanted to talk to you uh, today, and it kind of like bounced off, like I say, the other uh, creators I've spoken to uh, of small press in the previous uh, episodes, is the kind of that the crossing of lines that is happening right now. On one hand, you have um, creators who suddenly find themselves with quite a bit of time on their hands and those passion projects which have been bubbling up in there in the back of their head, they now have the ability and the time to kind of focus on that because there's not a great deal else we can do. So you're going to see a great deal of Kickstarters starting, I, I suspect, over the course of the next month, two months. Yep. But then also there isn't a great deal of money being earned and we're waiting on um, uh, any kind of uh, monies to come from the government or any kind of rebates and whatever. It's the kind of confluence between a lot of projects that could be coming against not a, a, a massive amount of money out there to get books and also at the end of the day, a rather small market. Do you feel it's going to get a little bit crowded perhaps over the course of the next couple of months? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. There you go. That that was bad. Bad interview question. Never do a question where someone can just answer yes. Okay. So I'll try and like extrapolate it here. Um, you've got some really great kickstarters which are either just about to launch or are currently running. So I'm just thinking of like um, uh, Lad. Second issue of Lad is up right now. Um, next, I think is it like nine issues? Nine to like eleven for mm-hmm. Merrick um, are up online. Um, so you've got really kind of you know, well-established creators who, who were, I don't want to say they were ready, they were waiting for this to happen, obviously they weren't waiting for this to happen, but they had Kickstarters that they were just about ready to launch, and it just so happened that they were launching them now. So you've got um, people who aren't really having to tighten their belts just yet. They're bored, they're buying things like subscriptions to Disney+, Plus. Um, but they're also wanting some new content to read. They can't get to local comic shop, so they're going to start. Um, you're going to see a lot of really successful Kickstarters. I wouldn't be surprised if a few of these Kickstarters broke some some kind of personal records as well as maybe some platform records, just because you've got, you know, it, like I don't know about you, but I know I've got my phone next to me almost um, uh, constantly, and I've got Twitter running through it because that's how I, I, I flatten batteries. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I flatten my phone on a regular basis on a course of the day now. Yeah. So, you know, you're, you're constantly then aware of the projects that are popping up because people are retweeting them and sharing them or you follow those people already. So you, any, like where, before you had to kind of be constantly um, 
doing your marketing game because you, you don't know when the, the kind of peaks and troughs of, of online usage is. Whereas now everybody's like from 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 America to Australia, everybody's online almost at the same time because we've all gotten some, yeah. <laughs> we're all we're all we're all trying to figure out like what this new lockdown life looks like. Um, so I, I think you also then gonna have so, so like there's a couple of projects that I'm starting to kind of think about or have joined which are looking at Kickstarter. And I I think most of if if you're paying attention, I think anybody is looking at if you if you're starting a Kickstarter in July or August, it may be too late. I don't know. I, I, that's kind of still what I'm aiming for, for one project. But I might be better off to just kind of throw a bunch of raw, you know, sketches and, and script pages and things up right now and yeah. just, hey, does anybody want to take a punt on this? You know, looking at my track record, would you like to? Or do I wait until I've actually got finished pages that are lettered, colored, edited, which is always the uh, the kind of backbone of a good successful Kickstarter when you are not just putting asking for money to get the project started, but when you've actually kind of got something already in place which you can offer, showing that the the project is uh, about to move forward. Yeah, absolutely. I'm well, also. I, really, oh, go ahead. I, I think I think we are. Um, we're we're going to find it, figure out, find out. We, uh, I mean, for, for, for people who, like myself, who are self-employed, you know, the UK government, we're not going to see a cent until, or a penny, sorry, uh, until June at the earliest. Yeah. So, and, and, you know, this isn't talking about people who are uh, working in, like, building trades um, uh, or <laughs> or any of those sort of periphery Self-employed self DJ, oh, my word. Yes, we're going to yeah. be waiting a while. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so I think, I think, it's 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 going to be really tricky because on one hand, people are going to be desperate for something new to stave off the boredom, but on the other hand, as the as the months and weeks you know kind of start to bite into um, economies and incomes, it's uh, I mean I, I'm usually fairly optimistic, so I think I think stuff will still happen, but I think it'll happen on a smaller scale. Sure, I'm actually really surprised that we haven't seen more projects of creators online kind of banding together say for example somebody who has done a successful kickstarter knows how to market it knows how to put it together but doing anthology uh, pieces where creators can do two or three pages and they can kind of keep themselves occupied they can keep a, a revenue stream coming in and yeah. kind of like banding together i'm surprised more of those haven't actually happened i think they will so so two things one is that that scroll or magazine that we're talking about i mean that I think if we put that out, even if it was July or August, I think we'd be okay. Um, as much as there are five of us, six of us, seven of us, eight of us, depending on how many extra contributions we get. So if you've got you know eight people who have a fan base who are sharing that, you may not get your you know your your sort of eighty percent fan base like you would for a normal Kickstarter, but you still might get sixty or fifty. And if everybody's getting sixty or fifty percent of that, then I think I think those are still Viable, um, and obviously your 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 um, your own overhead is going to be quite a bit lower because you're only talking about you know five to ten pages. Um, yeah. Also, um, Jordan Thomas, who did um, Frank on the Farm, Frank and Homer on the Farm, if you yeah. were that one, um, he has contacted a number of um, indie artists like myself. Uh, I think it was just like the week before, so he had an idea about a comic, which he's just calling Quarantine. 
And um, if I mean, if that's you don't mind, thinking, that's someone planning ahead. It, well, I'm just going to read the. So he's basically got a bunch of different artists, and each of us is is working towards his script, um, doing one page each. And if if you just bear with me, if I just read off the the yeah, names, Oliver Raffet, Alex Moore, Andre Catano, Andy Bloor, Andy W. Clift, Benjamin Philby, Chris Matthews, Claire Meath, Clark Bent, Craig Patton, Dan Erie, Donna Black, Edward Bentley, Emma Kubrick. Gavin Mitchell, Gustavo Vargas, Jordan Thomas, Martin Simpson, Nick Prolix, Pete Taylor, Roy, Mc Roy Donald, Rosie Packwood, Russell Olson, myself, and Shaky Kane. So, like, I mean, that's going to be off the hook right there. That's, that's, a, that's a list and a half, man. Yeah. I mean, anything anything with Gustavo Vargas involved. I'm sorry, but that, yeah, I'm, uh, yeah. That's I'm a I'm a fan. I have I've become I've I've gone deep. I'm a I'm a fan of that particular. Uh, that he, is talented. Talented. he is talented. I mean, he 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 at at um, Thought Bubble last year, his name was on a lot of people's lips. So I think I think Gustavo's got a fairly bright future ahead of him. Absolutely. Yeah. We've got a couple of comments and questions coming in on the Q and A, and we'll uh, we'll dive yeah, into this. Yeah. Yeah, Neil's watching. Hello, Neil Patel. Hello, welcome along. Um, I will say, by the way, uh, this show will be finishing at five to seven because I've got a uh, group video chat with my mum who's stuck right. at the moment in Fortaventura, and I'm going to be speaking to. So we'll be finishing bang on the hour. So we'll we'll dive through as much of this as uh, quickly as we possibly can because uh, we've got a couple of comments that have come in um, uh, on the uh, the chat. Solicitous Meg, always good with some good, strong questions. So let's do this one. Uh, this is um, more on a grander scale and certainly about the comics industry in, ge in general. If Diamond goes under, who do you think steps up as a distributor? Or do you think publishers will start self-distributing? We have been talking about this on the show for a good couple of weeks now. This is it's a big question. Yeah. Um, I mean, it, it's... Okay, so I think you've got a couple of different factors um, in play. One is, um, the, I mean, I think, I mean, you're probably gonna find a thousand retailers who are gonna come on and say, this is nonsense. But I think a, a big reason why Diamond has been able to control the market for so long is because they have that, the catalog. They've got that one consolidated place where you can look at everything that's coming up and you can make your orders right there. You don't have to juggle a bunch of different books. You've got that one thing. And also, I think it helps that you can you can physically look at something. I know that they they're still doing a lot of online ordering, but you often people are still getting the you know some even if they have to print lists off, they can still get a physical list of something that they can go through. And I think there's something to that. So if, and of course they've got the the distribution network all in place. They've got the trucks. They've got yeah, the warehouses. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's all set up. It's ready to go. This is something that uh, you know I've I've spoken with a number of indie creators saying like, well, how do we how do we kind of unionize? How do we um, uh, kind of let other retailers know that our books are out there? Um, and you know, a few people like Accent UK have been in Diamond before, but it, it just it, it, nobody's banging a drum for them. So you've you've not only got to you know. Pay the money to get into that. You've got to figure out your marketing. Um, so some alternative methods are going to have to come about. How they look, I, I couldn't really tell you. I've I've spent a bit of time kind of musing about it and wondering and playing with different models in my mind. But all of it is going to. It all boils down to um, to logistics. 
who's got the who's got the trucks who can ship the stuff out there i mean anybody who's who's either run a kickstarter or or, or um pledged to a kickstarter say um who is you know let's say in the states funding something in, in the uk or vice versa um you know, like you think oh yes five quid for a book five dollars for a book yeah no no worries and then you see the ten dollar ten pound um, <laughs> shipping fee to realize that there's that is that is a big part of the market of, of of operating and running not only distribution but running a retailer um, running a publisher so you know dc and marvel probably image as well maybe dark horse and a few of the other sort of bigger more established ones they might be able to um buy the trucks and, and do the distribution themselves but some of the, the newer ones like I mean, it'll just makes things very fragmented and yeah. Yeah, and you just I think, I think the shape of um, New Comic Book Day would uh, be very awkward. Just all those separate pieces and moving pieces, just kind of yeah. keeping them together and spinning all those places. But I think it's entirely doable. But, it, but I think people keep asking, and this, there's nothing wrong with it because we're all fed up with it. But I think people keep asking creators how to fix this. I think the answer lies with a couple fans who have a bit of capital and have some experience with distribution um, to actually set something new up. I think, it's, I, I think we, uh, those of us who are in the market or who are, who are producing books keep shaking, scratching our heads and thinking, we've got to be able to figure this out. You think, well, every time, every minute I'm spending trying to figure out this distribution problem is a minute I'm not at the drawing board, which means, well, I don't have a book to put on the truck that I've thought up anyway. Um, but it's I, it, it's, I don't think it's complicated. It's just about providing retailers with a lifeline, showing them that it can be done in a different way, thinking out how to make it slightly easier and yeah. giving options. Um, I mean, the, the comic book biz idea that was put together by uh, um, the guy from uh, Big Bang Comics uh, yeah. in Dublin, I mean, that was the closest we've had to a viable suggestion uh, moving forward, at which point the uh, retailers themselves turned around and said, how is that actually logistically going to work? It, it was an idea that was put together, it was put out there without kind of really hammering down all of the, the details, at which point the retailers just jumped on and <laughs> provided them with the details and then the thing just kind of like um, shut down as, a, as an idea. Like you say, you, you, there, there, there's got to be a solution out there, and someone's got to uh, be able to step up. But then, it just feels that sometimes in this industry, it does kind of shoot itself in the foot. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's you, you've got um, it's a small market. It's a really small market, and everybody is um, fighting for a little bit of sunlight, and um, and that's that's true of. From from retailers on up to distribution, on up to creators, uh, whether they be independent creators or part of a, a big house. Um, so very few resources and a lot of um, hungry mouths. Yeah, um, let's go to a couple more questions. Uh, Andrew Dickinson is asking, uh, when we get to the other side, get to the other side. Uh, <laughs> when you think, uh, do you think there's going to be a visible shift on how the comic biz operates? Will it pick up any new fans? As people finish everything on Netflix, Disney Plus, that's an interesting question. I, I mean, I don't know. Just I don't want to put words in your mouth and just put my own comment on this. I actually think there's going to be more 
um, people interested in content and comics being created away from the big three or yeah. the, the bigger um, publishers. So I think people are going to be looking more towards the smaller stories, the newer stories, and uh, fresher content, perhaps. Yeah, you're right. I think enough people are kind of seeing, um, particularly on Netflix, uh, and and uh, Games and Prime, um, are seeing some of the shows that they're, you know, if not saying that they're forced to watch these kids, but if they're going through the, the sort of the known properties and they're still looking for more things to, to kind of devour. And they, they're finding shows like The Boys or like Umbrella Academy and seeing that kind of based on a comic by, you might only hit like two or three percent of the people that are watching that, but two or three percent added to current comic readers. That's, you're talking about a couple hundred thousand dollars, pounds, maybe even, you know, a few million. And that, that's a that's a big injection of money into sure. a, a very small um, market, so it could help. Um, and you've got you've got you know new players like TKO and Vault, which are doing a brilliant job of marketing and looking at different ways to put their their media out there. Um, and you've got yeah, with, with TKO, I think it's uh, interesting that the timing of their um, launch and the, their um, release method. Is that I mean, not, not to be glib, and certainly don't take anything away from this, anyone who's watching, that but their timing when it comes to this pandemic was actually quite advantageous to them. That that um, model of releasing um, the first couple of issues online, so people could get that taste of a digital uh, comic, and then they could get the whole thing in one go um, if they liked the look of it. There was a, a, the complete run was there, and it was available. I thought yeah. that was. Yeah. Well, you know, I think a lot of us are trying to do whatever we can right now that there are so many more eyes looking at social media of pushing things like, you know, digital tasters of, of books. Um, you know, Comic House is doing, uh, I think they've just been they've given like a month free to access to their site. So, you know, we're all trying to push people into, into those streams. So, like, as you're looking for new content, find it here, find it here. You know, the, the bigger the audience, the, the wider the church, the, the better these books are going to be. Um, and the, the, the ability for comic shops to, to come out of this um, and, and be able to continue to run and keep their doors open, keep books on shelves, keep customers coming through, keep them happy. Um, it's an interesting question, though. I'd, I'd like to say, yeah, I'd like to think that's going to happen. Um, even if it is, like I said, even if it is only a small percentage, I think it could happen. Sure. Um, I find it also interesting when it comes to Comics House doing that, the one month free. You've got uh, Marvel Unlimited, I think they're doing three months free on their uh, site at the moment. And then Comixology stick their prices up by 60%. Yeah, they've got fantastic timing on on that one. Yeah, well done. Yeah, so we it almost feels like they're just trying to tank it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you've got uh, Andrew English here who's saying, um, "I preferred physical to di digital. I would pay for digital if I was able to get physical copy once this all blows over." That was the um, uh, the comics biz model. Um, there was also, um, I, I believe, it was Declan Shelby who put. Um, a comment out there about um, how this is going to change um, the the uh, the comics industry and the distribution model from a creator's standpoint. At the end of the day, they want to get their stories out, so digital is the fastest way to uh, get those stories directly into the eyeballs of read readers. At which point, saying does that mean that print 
is pretty much dead once this is done, at which point I think we've had this conversation when DC have turned around and said it's two separate markets completely. Digital is for those people that want to read the stories, fine, but then there's collectors that actually physically want something in their hands. Um, I think that sort of collector's side of the industry means that you, you comics just um, in print will be saved by that. It may mean that you have fewer titles going into print. They, they may be, you know, DC, for example, might still produce however many 40, 50 titles, monthly titles that it puts out. But it may only put out, say, 10 in physical copies and then put the rest into some sort of digital repository. And then as the trade comes out, put them, you know, because I think at the moment they're making more money off of uh, their their trades in bookstores than they are from comics and comic shops. I may be wrong, somebody can probably correct me on that, but I think I heard somewhere fairly recently somebody saying that actually the book market is, is, a, is a much better, um, one, it's cheaper for them, and two, the overhead is better. Sure. Or the I think I think I saw the same report. You, yeah, I think I saw the same piece you did. Um, you've got Sarita P. Hello, Sarita. Nice to have you along. Uh, yeah. Could this be the excuse to go digital since it's cheaper? And then you've got Omar Hassa who's saying, uh, is there a way to get people who wouldn't be normally interested in comics hooked and grow the medium across the board? Um, I think it's like you say, more people are actually looking at social media now um, purely because at the end of the day, there isn't a great deal to do, and people do have that kind of, you know, the, the phone to hand, and people are looking for a distraction. I think comics will see a resurgence because people are recognizing that the stories are there and the creators are there. We just have to keep sharing and spreading the word about um, creators, which we will be doing shortly indeed, by the way. Uh, we'll do our uh, spotlights. Uh, create, uh, something that annoys the heck out of me and I don't know why they don't do this, because this is the lowest hanging fruit possible, is for um, anyone like Amazon Prime or Netflix, or even like the, you know Marvel Studios producing their films, why at the end of the, the, the as the credits are rolling, they don't have um, like a sidebar showing a list of comics that, that that episode or that that movie has been influenced by or has, has drawn um, storylines directly from, just to sort of say like, these are available at, you know, at this URL or at these shops. Like, I mean, that's so easy. Have, yep. you know, have, have, um, have like Chris Evans holding up a copy of like a Brubaker Captain America and be like, this is Winter Soldier. This is, these are the stories that made you millions, come on, uh, made, you a, made you a superstar, give something back. No, you're not the only person to have said it. I've, I've seen that on Twitter as well, that kind of thing. I mean, I also... Umbrella Academy or, um, uh, or the boys, like I mentioned earlier. You're, yeah. already, like, you're already on Amazon watching them. Just put a link there that says, come, come over to this site and buy it here. I'm curious how many people who are watching Sci-Fi and Vagrant Queen not aware that that's actually a comic already absolutely yeah yeah absolutely anyway so i think this it's just getting getting marketers to understand that like people like comics and there's money to be made there that's that's as simple as it is now fair enough um and we also have a question uh, slightly more lighter a little bit more uh, to yourself uh into the blue mister i do like uh, asking creators what they read what is on your pull list i'm curious to know what you read um so my tastes are quite eclectic. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I find it really difficult to. Um, I don't have a like. Okay, a bit of a center here. I don't have a pull list, so I go to. I I tend to. Um, 
follow particular writers or artists, and I also like back catalogs. So for me, it's um, I like to. So my local room two three seven in South Sea in Portsmouth, um, they've got some you know really nice back issues, and also the guys just really knowledgeable. So I, I typically I go in, have a look at what's on the newsstands. Um, I look first first thing I do is I just look at the art. If I can't get on with the art, I just put the book back. Um, I just can't can't do it. Um, things that I've been reading recently though. Um, uh, something's down here. Um, read this big Herbert oh, Kurtzman. Yeah. So um, this is the the dailies that Kurtzman and Dan Barry worked on together for three years. Um, beautiful, beautiful artwork in this. Um, and as big of a Kurtzman fan as I am, um, I felt that the the first kind of couple of months where Dan Barry was writing for himself are a bit more Flash Gordon. Kurtzman kind of brings in a little bit of that um, that moralizing. That, uh, that he does, that's like he, you know, that he's so well known for, like with his two fisted tails and, um, and the stuff he did for EC. Uh, I also just finished, again, read this, you know, years later that it came out, but uh, just finished this one, Daredevil, Back in Black. Um, I, I really like Charles Sewell. I think he's, he's, he's good, good writer. Um, so those, but like, I don't typically follow like a particular hero or a particular story, so I'm not. Um, I don't have any allegiance to like DC or Marvel. I kind of read yeah. across the board. The thing you've asked now, I'm going to start looking around now. Hang on, five seconds, because <laughs> right, carry on here. Funny Paul, the ones okay. I've been reading, because I've been reading, because um, uh, Tripwire are running their 100 books you should read um, during a pandemic or whatever they oh, call right, it. Yeah. And I suggested uh, Bone, so I've been rereading Bone because uh, uh, I think that's a book that uh, uh, should be uh, picked up. Um, I've been getting back into my Calvin and Hobbes, so I've been reading that. Oh, look, there he goes. He's what's he got? There you go. It's a magical world. We are Bill Watson fans through and through. Fantastic. Um, I've been rereading um, uh, White Knight. Uh, again, because yeah, I because yeah. I I struggled with the first White Knight, and now you've got the the, the sequel as well. I've been I'm trying to get my head around that again, and we've also got da, 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 uh, because we had her on the show uh, uh, the last couple of episodes. Uh, yes, Rachel Smith. Right. There you go. And I bought my first quarantine comics as well. So no, I'm, I'm showing my support. So the, the, I, I same drill. My my reading goes all over the shop. Um, so I wish, like uh, things that I immediately buy, like I always immediately buy um, stuff by like Rebecca and Phillips. Anything that they pull out, I've got it. Um, any like anytime they kind of reissue something of like Rocketeer, I've got to have it. Um, and then anytime that they reproduce like, any beautiful like fanograph, like fanographics when they do like some like EC comic stuff, I gotta have it. Just, yeah, I, gotta have I know. It. Uh, I've mentioned this on the show before. Uh, the uh, shutdown and the lockdown uh, did mean that my local comic book shop, as it were, uh, which is OK Comics, um, they shuttered completely because um, bang in the center of town, right in the middle of an arcade, there's no footfall at all. They're not doing any mail outs, so they closed the doors completely. Um, sorry, sorry? They're not, not at the moment. Um, he's starting back up, but um, it's going to be very difficult for him to get anything out. 
because at the end of the day, it's getting into town uh, because it's non-essential, effectively. Um, however, in that shop somewhere, there is the volume one of the Rise and Fall of Trigon Empire, which is killing me that I can't get hold of it because that was a seminal book when I was growing up. So um, I gotta, I've got to get hold of that book. So yeah, it's um, it's interesting. Um, a couple last couple of questions, although Russ seems to have vanished. Oh no, there he is. There he is. Hello. Oh, just yeah. Well, don't worry then. We'll make it quick before everything falls apart. We'll just uh, move on. Final couple of questions then, and this is certainly from three uh, to P. Uh, this is how would um, this affect um, artists that charge for autographs? Uh, if the industry would go straight to digital, ah, that's kind of like leading into our back to our, our kind of core conversation here on the show, which is about the conventions and um, selling artwork that uh, actually exists. What's your thoughts on that? Although Russell now can't seem to hear us. Hello, Russell. Oh no. He's struggling. Hang on. One second. Uh, you can't hear us, can you? <laughs> well, we can see. Okay. Oh, we, oh, we can hear you. I don't know if you've got any comments. Can you see um, Leonard? I can't see Leonard. Ah. Uh, hang on one second. <laughs> Rejoin. Uh, let's uh, let's kick him off and then get him to come back on. <laughs> no, we've done, it was going so well. Um, I don't know. Can everyone hear us? Uh, can Can you hear me? Do let us know in the comments. Who can't you hear? Who can't you see? Uh, so there we go. But um, uh, certainly, um, Sarita put that out. But um, no, it's a it's a it's a question actually uh, that was doing the rounds for a while. Um, hang on a second. There he is. Let's get him back in. Sorry, yeah, hello there, Russ. Can you hear us? Hello? Okay, he's, I think he's going to have to have a bit of a plug. YouTube is showing both, and we can hear both. All ah, right, so I don't think he can hear us. That's a shame. But we can hear him. We can hear you. Um, Danbury, I can't see Russ. Can he see here you, Leonard? He's come back on. So hopefully Russ will get uh, the audio back on, because we're having a little bit with this. Oh, issue. excellent. Okay. Yes, no. I can't hear you, but I can see the comment thread. Ah. Um, have a look on, yeah, the settings. <laughs> yeah. Oh, dear. Oh, dearie me. Uh, one second. I'm just going to message uh, Russ again. Just say, we can hear and see you. I think this is the first time we've actually had some issues with, um, with StreamYard, but... Uh, Maybe a little bit of a technical thing, but certainly the conversation has happened before when it comes to uh, digital content and digital pieces of artwork. Um, people have been saying, so how on earth uh, can uh, they do that? Artists who actually produce digitally have turned around and said they kind of can make more money that way. They can produce decent quality prints, 10, 15, 20, 30 of these, and make more of a smaller value, but more of them. Original artwork, though, that's uh, something that a lot of people uh, obviously have a lot of uh, investment in. Uh, so people would like to see some original artwork. And we'll kind of get onto that very shortly indeed, because uh, there's some been incredible uh, original artwork that's been uh, doing the rounds. 
Okay. Um, he, he wants you to answer Sarita P. Last question. He does. I'm certain he does. Oh, thank uh, you. Um, what was the last question? Can you hear us? Sorry, then can you repost that question, please? Uh, yeah, sure. It would be uh, this one. Uh, da, 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 da. Oh, no. Hang on. Hang on. Hang on. Hang on. Hang uh, on. Let's go to this one. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, I don't want to talk over dinner. I can't hear you, but I would say that I know for a lot of, of my pals who work digitally, what they will do is um, print off um, some of their digital pencils and then ink them, sell those things. Um, as far as autographs go, that's a good question. Maybe people will start going back to um, having sketchbooks that they take around to cons with them to get collect signatures, you know, going back to autograph books. Um, or they'll keep doing, you know, things like um, uh, uh, little uh, sketches that they can sell, um, having a little portfolio of sketches, original sketches that they can sell for, you know, not a whole lot of money. Um, but, you know, it's very potentially going to be an issue, particularly for the collector's market. Sure. Excellent. Um, <laughs> <laughs> One second. Um, he I, obviously uh, Russell can't hear us at this point, which is a bit unfortunate. Uh, but what I'm going to do is I'm going to type him and say thank you very much for joining us. Uh, uh, you for joining us. Tell us where we can find <laughs> you online. <laughs> this is where I really should be doing it as a comment, but I don't think I can. Uh, if you go to the private chat, let's see if he brings that up. <laughs> this is really awkward. I can't comment because uh, it's not the way it works, unfortunately. Um, I'm going to very just quickly let him know to go to private chat and see if he can... Uh... <laughs> It's awkward, but let's see if he uh, gets the uh, the message. Oh, great. Um, sorry. So uh, you can find me online um, at Twitter at Russell underscore M underscore Olson. That's O-L-S-O-N. Uh, or on Instagram at Russell Mark Olson, uh, all one word. Um, this is the places I'm, I'm, I'm most on. Uh, and if you want to buy any books from me, I'm at um, bigcartel.russellmarkolson. Uh, dot com and I've got sketches comics and things up there um, so uh, very sorry everybody that I can't hear you or see you um, but uh, um, my pleasure to be on here and I'll probably <laughs> let I'll sort of sign off now so that Leonard can absolutely um, in the show with um, the uh, ability to sort of see and hear and talk to people in real time <laughs> 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 we got there Russ, thank you very much indeed and we'll uh, we'll get back to him uh, in a bit but uh, yep that was uh, Russ um, I am just going to type and say thank you and uh, I'll chat after ah right okay so there we go um, do check out his books um, they are unique um, they come from a slightly different um, perspective especially that uh, kind of crime noir uh, setup, which is uh, very compelling, very interesting to check out. Do go and uh, give that a go. Um, 
this point, I would usually dive into the uh, crowdfunding spotlight and artist spotlight, and I think I will do that incredibly quickly uh, to kind of um, uh, talk about that because um, I do want to do my best to uh, showcase uh, some fantastic uh, talent that is out there and putting some great work um, uh, out uh, into the world. Uh, certainly our crowdfunding spotlight for this week um, is a book which I was pointed at and I am very much uh, falling in love with. I think it's just a, an incredible uh, piece of work, which is uh, Afterlight Comics this is Stay Awake Volume 3. Um, it's currently running on Kickstarter, and I'll bring the Kickstarter page up for the moment. Um, it has completely blown its goal, to be fair. 16 days to go. It's got 2,400 on it. It's 4,762 uh, pledges so far out of 275 backers, which means it's gonna, it's it's out there. It's going to absolutely uh, storm it. Um, however, um, the the, the the stretch goals are absolutely fantastic and uh, uh, very compelling indeed. Looks like an incredibly uh, detailed and uh, beautiful book uh, to check out, and uh, it's certainly something that I've uh, I'm, I'm growing to love in terms of what they're actually doing with the actual uh, artwork and what they're putting out as their uh, crowdfunding. The story is very psychological. It's very deep and dense, and um, I think the guys are doing a cracking job of telling this. Like I say, um, Stay Awake um, Volume 1 is already out, but this is going to be, um, it's the third volume, and it's basically the follow, the, the continuing, the, uh, the, the, the four-issue uh, comic series. Isaac Banks, a psychologist forced to revisit the cases of three of his former patients when a detective reveals that each has died under suspicious circumstances. Um, it's just a an amazing piece of work from Joseph Oliveira and Adrian uh, Manuel Garcia. Um, so um, Afterlight Comics are the guys uh, that uh, put this together, based in Liverpool and established by Joseph in 2017. These have done some incredible Kickstarters up to now, and they are just putting out some amazing books. Like I say, the artwork is just fantastic. It looks um, compelling. It looks uh, really strong. And like I say, the stretch goals are uh, doing nicely indeed. We'll do the stretch goals very shortly indeed. But let's just give you an idea the uh, what you can actually get for your money. It's not the most expensive in the world, which means digital, we're looking at three pounds. To get the book, uh, it's six pounds. Book and poster is 10 pounds. It's nicely affordable. It's a really strong um, Kickstarter. Um, if I just um, bring the um, uh, the actual Kickstarter onto uh, uh, the screen, so at least then you can uh, see this uh, for yourself. Uh, here we go. Um, but -da -but -da -but -da -but -da. There we go. Up on screen. Right. So um, if I just go down to the uh, uh, the the stretch goals and uh, if you like to say the the rewards are already uh, uh, nicely um, done but I mean when you've got the uh, the stretch goals including a digital horror collection black and white covers posters AFL posters uh, character concepts um, and all of these uh, amazing clown prints uh, won't be showing Caroline those obviously uh, bookmarks um, and uh, also this amazing A4 stay awake print it is. Incredible artwork. It looks like a very strong story, and uh, I'm, I for one, am absolutely blown away by it. It's certainly something uh, worth checking out. So if you want to head to um, uh, check out their uh, 
uh, crowdfunding uh, page. Uh, let's see if I can just bring that back up again. Um, but you can find that at Stay Awake on, uh, if you search for Stay Awake on um, Kickstarter. Um, it's, uh, you can also follow them as well on their Twitter, which is twitter.com, afterlightcomics. But you can also find the actual Kickstarter, kickstarter.com slash projects slash ghost island comic slash stay awake one three a psychological horror comic series so if you search for stay awake or ghost island comic that is going to be uh, what shows up on your uh, search very very cool indeed well worth checking out and i think what i'm going to showcase as my um, artist spotlight um i do want to do my best to show case artists that are doing um incredible work um out there uh, when it comes to just keeping themselves occupied and wanting to um, uh, continue putting artwork out there, even if, um, say, for example, they're not able to get books published at the moment, they're not able to get, um, say, for example, uh, people that are uh, publishing for the big uh, two, big three, whoever, and at this point they're kind of like stuck in some kind of limbo, which I can understand. Artists that are still putting and still creating work putting it up online, putting it up on Twitter, Facebook, wherever. Absolutely want to showcase those. Um, the one I want to showcase is hardly a new name. It's hardly somebody who you are not aware of. And it is, of course, Mr. Mike Magnola, um, the creator of Hellboy, um, the guy who has done some amazing uh, work. I'm just wrapping up now. I will do when I want to. Um, and... Uh, he's just been putting out some incredible um, sketches. He's been getting back into that, which has just been uh, its blowing me away that he's just gone, I'm kind of loving the idea of just sitting down and diving into doing sketches again. And he's putting like two or three out a day, uh, and they're just absolutely stunning. Um, they're short, quick pieces. Um, this Mike Mignola, the man certainly knows how to put to paper, uh, pencil to paper, and it's just absolutely beautiful to look at. Um, and he's just been uh, putting down some great uh, characters, certainly ones uh, which are uh, instrumental to his own development. So he's been doing a couple of uh, Harryhausen sketches, a couple of uh, vampire and Dracula kind of stuff, so that very much that uh, gothic horror kind of stuff. But he's also been doing things like strange takes on... Um, well, we've got this really cool Groot um, sketch, which he's done, and also this beautiful Godzilla as well. Absolutely fantastic. Um, he also did a really good version of uh, Tony the Tiger from uh, from the Kellogg's boxes. Uh, it was very odd looking, but it was Mike Mignola. That's the point. That's what he does. Um, absolutely fantastic. Do check him out. It's twitter.com slash art of Emmett Mignola. And uh, I mean, it's just beautiful stuff uh, that you can just uh, see on a daily basis. Uh, like I say, he's doing like two or three sketches. It's a shame he's not selling them, but I think he's going to talk about doing them as a kind of like a sketch book. Um, I suggested that he did a ROM space night just out the hell of it, at which point um, a guest on our, a future show, uh, Chris Ryle from IDW, turned around and said, well, if that goes up, I'm buying it off you. 
um, and it's going to be going to a bidding war. And I went, well, I'm skint, so you're going to win anyway. So, yeah, it just turned into a bit of a strange conversation, that. But uh, if uh, Mike Mignola ever did a Rommel Space Night, I would be a very happy bunny. But there we go. Brilliant stuff. And uh, that is going to be my uh, – that is my artist spotlight for today. My cup of tea is Art of M. Mignola on Twitter. Well worth checking out. And that's us. Um, I know that we were going to do like a kind of um, grand melee, get you involved. Uh, I think we'll probably be doing that as a bonus episode at some point this week uh, because we have ourselves a couple of fantastic guests uh, lined up for the rest of April. We are pretty much now completely booked up. Um, I'll be uh, We have revealed those on uh, Twitter already, but uh, if you want to go to there and just check, absolutely uh, amazed with the guests that we've got lined up. And, um, yeah, Chris Riles won. Uh, we've got J.H. Williams III next week. We've got ourselves, yeah, some just fantastic uh, guests. And we've got uh, Gil Cabrera from the Convention Center. We've got Tony Lee from uh, Showmasters. He's going to be coming on. It's going to be uh, quite, a, quite a stretch of fantastic guests over the course of the next couple of weeks. Do join us for those. Um, thank you very much indeed for joining us. Unfortunately, I am going to disappear because uh, at the end of the day, I do want to catch up with my family. Uh, my mother is currently stranded in Fort Ventura, so we're going to do a video chat with her and with my brother as well. Thank you very much indeed for watching. Um, support us, of course, uh, by going to patreon.com slash EnglishmanSDCC. The double clicks album will be free as of tomorrow, but if you do want to throw some money into the pot to support that release, please do. Um, I will go through the comments on here and uh, pick out some uh, things to talk about and may do a little bit of a bonus episode uh, tomorrow or Tuesday uh, just to kind of uh, carry on the conversation. But back again on Wednesday, 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. GMT. Thank you very much indeed for watching today. I hope you enjoyed the show. Um, we'll be back again on Wednesday. Check out the Twitter at EnglishmanSDCC uh, for all of our guests coming up and uh, very much looking forward to uh, talking to them over the course of the, the rest of the month. Take care. Enjoy the rest of your evening. Have yourself a great Easter Sunday. Stay safe. Stay, um, wash your hands. Uh, stay at a distance from everyone. Let's beat this together, and we'll see you on the other side. Take care, and uh, I hope you enjoyed the show. Bye-bye.